This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When I saw you and Lou at halftime, <laughs> and there were still smiles. Right. There was still a little bit of, hey, okay, all right, not, yeah. not great. Yeah. Not great. Like but- this, this isn't their peak performance here. Some things to clean up, but you know what? Green Bay is probably playing worse. And, uh, yeah, th- this should grow in half number two, and it didn't. It 90, regressed. Yeah, 90 minutes later, our world changed a bit, did it not? It regressed in, in the second half. What what I found encouraging in the first half was that it seemed like things weren't clean. It seemed like, all right, this is an offensive line that hasn't worked together very much yet. This is an offense that has a quarterback who, in a really condensed version of their passing attack, I thought, you know, sprayed the ball around pretty effectively, you know, targeting a variety of different players, but they hadn't said, let's open it up and try to attack vertically yet. So they kind of played a really condensed version of the passing game in the first half, and he hadn't been unleashed with his legs yet. So I'm thinking, right, there's some things that they can go into the locker room at halftime here and say we can enhance our offense with this, and as long as Green Bay doesn't give the ball to Aaron Jones, then the defense has probably got a pretty good shot because Aaron Jones was the the main portion of, of Green Bay's offense that was effective against the Bears' D. I mean, frankly, Jordan Love, he – Justin Fields outplayed Jordan Love in the first half of the game. You know, more passing yards, more rushing yards, higher completion percentage. Um, second half, though, and really throughout the game, third downs for each outfit were just a huge issue. Clean pockets for Green Bay, muddy pockets for Chicago. And I really feel like this was one of, and I'd, I'd have to go back through some notes, this may have been the worst game that Luke Getzey has had as a Bears play caller. Why do you say that? Because now, and it, this wasn't as as biblical as the Matt Nagy first Justin Fields start or anything like that. The Cleveland game? Right. But you do, as the Bears offense, you have a catalog now on what your quarterback is effective at, what he's not, what your offensive line, with some new pieces. But again, they haven't worked together what they're effective at and what they're not. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll put the Justin disclaimer on it because we can certainly talk about his performance in detail, and, and we should. But... Just from a game plan perspective, we all recognize and we've been talking about throughout the career of Justin Fields, he is not yet effective at, at quickly getting through read progressions and his, his accuracy 
diminishes as he gets from one to two to three. You know, that's where if like his first read, first two reads, really, he's usually really accurate with those as he's in the pocket reading out, especially full field reads. A couple of different times you're seeing he's like high to chase Claypool. He's low out into the flat as he really has to go through the full read progression. I did think he was better in that regard at like hitting the layups yesterday. So there were a lot of signs of progress from Justin Fields. That being said, you ended up with a Bears offense that used, I think, one, I counted, like one called QB run that was basically a QB draw as the game was already out of hand. Aside from that, what makes him and what made last season's Bears offense one of the most explosive in football for a period of time was completely erased from the game plan. And then you also did not find attack passes in there. And you also only targeted DJ Moore twice in the game. In a game where you threw majority quick game and screen passes, and there's not a person on the offense more effective at that than DJ Moore, and you allowed the opponent to wipe him out of the game plan. I just want to know what those meetings were like. When you had all of these months to put this together, your best foot forward, you're healthy. Like when you're talking about the first game of the year, this isn't post-Thanksgiving mm-hmm. practice squad elevated guys. This is your team. Yeah. It should be the, the absolute best iteration that you got to choose your actives with the luxury of having guys inactive because because and those guys inactive, they're gonna end up being active mm-hmm. because of all the injuries. And you still came out with th- this was your plan? This is as healthy as you're going to be. This is as full as your lineup right. of starters will be at any point so, the entire season. So uh, at home against your uh, in a divisional game. It can't it can't be that. Like wh- how does th- all of that end up with that? Like that's what I the disconnect there. I'm yeah. I it's unfathomable to me. Players have a lot of questions to answer, but just in, in making sure, because I don't want to forget it later in our conversation where where the fault lies with the coaching staff as well, because Matt Eberflus and Alan Williams in charge of the defense. And Eberflus, yes, coaches both sides of the ball, oversees all of it. Alan Williams, his defensive coordinator. What's on film there is a defensive front that was not playing with their hair on fire. Now, when A.J. Dillon got the ball, they were far more effective against the run than when Aaron Jones got the ball. Aaron Jones, both as a ball carrier and a pass receiver, ate their lunch the entire game until he has to leave. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With a hamstring issue. They were effective against A.J. Dillon, though, just as, as a group sort of condensing running lanes, but still just evaluating what was happening up front. I saw guys hitting blocks. I, did, I didn't see guys moving the line of scrimmage. Like Andrew Billings, the very first snap of the game, I said, wow. That's an Andrew Billings we didn't see the entire preseason. And then pretty much every other snap he played after, they're like, oh, that's the Andrew Billings we saw during the preseason. It's like, you know, he's gotten to this point in the league for a reason. It's in there, but we didn't see that consistency of urgency, of effort, of swarm and chase. Even you know, Tremaine Edmonds, he, he had a couple of times where he, what we call triggered, where you, you read it and you fire into the backfield. 
saw that a couple of times, and there was I a lot of I thought he lateral. made the play where Tyreek Stevenson came up and finished it off. Right. But it was Edmonds who shot his gap and who, uh-huh. who made that all work and gave Stevenson the opportunity. And there were a couple of those moments. A lot of Tremaine Edmonds was very lateral. Now, just like we've talked about in the past, whether it was Roquan Smith or anyone else, when you have a defensive front that's getting moved in your direction as a second-level player, it's a huge yeah. issue mm-hmm. for you. And so You're up that's in your left. lap already. One of the, the things that made Roquan Smith so impressive at different points, I'm not going to spend a lot of time belaboring Roquan Smith, but where he figured out how to more aggressively read and react downhill against the run, even despite his defensive line being sat in his lap. That's a transition Tremaine Edmonds will have to make with this group performing in that way in front of him because there was a lot of that. A lot of the offensive line and my teammates, my defensive line, are now advancing on me, and i got to sift through this traffic and try to read downhill towards the run. So he was good. He He wasn't great. He wasn't extremely impactful. I liked, for the most part, how the secondary played. Eddie Jackson immediately, hand up. You see it there in the clip, the touchdown pass they gave up. When, you know, you go for the fourth down, go for the third and fourth down, don't get it. So they get their first drive on their plus 40, your minus 40. Short drive leads to a touchdown pass, and I think that was a third down. And just from a leverage perspective, again, you got Eddie Jackson, Jaquan Brisker, who are out almost the entire preseason. So from a safety perspective, you know, that miscommunication is there between the second and third level of your defense. So it just it looked like a team throughout on each side of the ball that didn't play a lot of football during the preseason. And when you're good enough for that to not matter, it's fine if you're the Chiefs or the Bills. And both of them actually play their starters. But if you're one of the better teams in football, like Nick Sirianni, he's lamenting that he didn't play Jalen Hurts in the preseason. And they're a Super Bowl contender. They found a way to win a game. Bears are not showing they're good enough for that to have been the case for them. I counted three times, and maybe when I go back on my second watch, it'll be more, where you had Packers defenders running free at Justin Fields. One of them he threw away. The other one, he spins around Jair Alexander. The other one, on a boot, he turns around, and there's a guy in his lap, Uh okay, and you get sacked. How much of that is Green Bay called the right thing at the right time versus maybe you didn't have the the right slide protection on because – the, the the one guy just like Braxton Jones blocks down. He's like, oh, hi, yeah. I got your quarterback right. hemmed up on this play. How did you see that working out with the Bears? Well, especially in the one where the, the Green Bay edge defender just comes in as soon as Justin's ready to, to bootleg out. He's just getting, you know, getting busted in the chops. That was a, a formational game plan, you know, in, in that situation. I don't think it was necessarily you know, indicative of of the entire scheme throughout the game. But even with that, when, you know, because we, we've seen this multiple times, it, it happened a couple of times when they played the Packers last season as well, where especially the fact that the Bears were ineffective with that, that stretch zone play to the play side. And so defenders aren't in a position to overreact and chase from the backside. They're still, from a run perspective, more worried about Justin Fields keeping the ball threatening their edge, and maybe even turning the corner as a ball carrier, they're far more worried about him than they are about anybody else carrying the ball on the Bears' offense. And until that is proven to not be a necessity, that we don't want him to take off running, then the Bears are going to have trouble with boot action. Now, what ended up developing last season, which is why it's confounding to me that the QB run was non-existent in the Bears' offense yesterday, is because it opened up run lanes for Khalil Herbert 
last season. It, it will. Mike Vick was my teammate in Atlanta for two seasons. When you're worried about the QB run, that cutback lane for running backs, it, it, it opens up like the Red Sea. There's just a parting in the defense when they're worried about the quarterback coming out the back door. And I'm, I tweeted this out. I'm not saying they should call 15 runs a game for Justin Fields. You, you would certainly want him to progress beyond that feeling like a necessity. But Philadelphia last season, as Jalen Hurts was playing like an MVP, still five to eight times during the game, you're going to get some QB power, some QB sweep. Yes, even QB sneak. And, you know, just I, one thing that's overreacted to is like, you know, Cole Komet under center on third and one. Like it worked multiple times last season. Wasn't a problem. He fumbles the snap. Lucas Patrick doesn't get any movement. I don't have a big issue with that play call. Just as one positive thing to say about Luke Getze. Yeah, I like that Lucas Patrick comment. Yeah, yeah, w- without a doubt. But Rough that's one. that's what they have available to them right now. But he's yeah, and going over like scuffling after a play for no reason when Justin Fields get gets hit legally. What was that? Yeah, but the the QB run and the impact that has on the defense with your run game and how it opens up run lanes for your running backs and their pass defense when now it's more difficult to cloud and to double and to to travel with DJ Moore if the eyes of the defenders know that they're going to call runs to the one, one of the most explosive athletes in football so we have to walk an extra body towards the line of scrimmage the box count is now different because they have to honor that and yes it can open up passing lanes Luke Getzey knows that I cannot imagine we will get to another game this season with him having the experience he had calling plays for Justin Fields and putting up 30 points a game in the way they began to last season with him as a runner. Yes, you want this guy to grow as a passer, but don't treat him like he's Drew Brees right now. You need to meld those concepts together. I want to show a little love to the Iowa Hawkeyes first for messing up my parlay on Saturday. Uh, you uh, bet on the Cyclones? I, really? They didn't get to the 25 points. Plus, oh, okay. Plus, I got you. plus yeah. three and a half. Like, I, I right. thought I would win, but I yeah. thought I'd be a little bit closer. Fair. And Luke Van Ness is a rushing, uh, him getting yeah. Justin Fields on the ground. I know it's like a one-off and it's a weird thing, but I felt like that's how you should teach defenders to go after Justin because – like on the Jair Alexander, where he's got him dead to rights, hmm. you you see Justin go. Well, here's the spin move. Goodbye. <laughs> uh, I thought Van Ness did a really good job of cutting off the angle yeah, of pursuit, right. like being able to take yeah. Justin and say, "You're not going to turn the corner because I'm going to use the sideline mm-hmm. as another defender you know while it, I'm marching towards you." You know what it is? It's basketball defense. Like the, the the principle that you're talking about is almost like the big man when you're icing pick and roll, All right. where All right. I'm gonna it's, it's almost zoning it. Hedging. I'm, yeah. I'm almost zoning it a little bit, but I'm st- I still have the angle on you. It's it's not a direct one to one comparison, but the principle. We Chad Hutchinson's really good. Uh, Chad Hutchinson, uh, Aiden Hutchinson, Aiden Hutchinson yeah. is is really good at doing that too is this idea of when to explode. You don't have to go all out, there he is, I'm going to mm, get him. Because mm. that, that's when you're right, whoop, he's going to be yeah. gone. But that the understanding of, of timing it up, okay, 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 now go. And when you look at Green Bay's defensive front, I mean, what what Rashawn Gary has developed, developed into as a guy who, if he stays healthy this season, is going to get one of the bigger contracts in football. He was kind of Lucas Van Ness when he came out, a guy who's just this, this – extremely athletic, moldable lump of clay that that has de- developed and refined his skills during his time 
in the NFL. And that's what Green Bay is hoping. And the, the same defensive line coach, uh, Jerry Montgomery, is still there right now, who they're hoping that that he can develop Lucas Van Ness in a similar way to what he has with Rashawn Gary. I mean, that's really kind of the one play that Van Ness made in game because he still doesn't really have pass rush moves. He's, he's just a big powerful, speedy guy who plays really hard. And so in that scenario, to the boundary side, to the short side of the field, like you guys are talking about, he takes an exceptional pursuit angle and Justin kind of slipped a little bit and he's trying to turn the corner and he might even been caught off guard. Like, man, this guy's enormous and he's fast enough where I'm like, oh, I'm on the ground. So, I mean, that, that athleticism showed up there in that moment for Van Ness.